0: Welcome to the Media Time Podcast.
1: Let's be great. Let's be great.
0: You're home for the sports content you want with the authenticity you need. Just have some fun out here. You know, Enjoy the journey of all this. Of trying to get 16 wins and going after a gold trophy. Where nothing is out of bounds. Now welcome your host, Jamal Tanner. Jamal Tanner. Welcome back to the MTO Podcast. I'm here with my guy, Nick. Uh, we're going to talk a little NBA. Well, a lot of NBA today. Getting into... Uh, Things are getting down to the nitty-gritty, so we're going to dissect that a bit. Uh, We're going to talk about some disrespected Hall of Famers and see how we feel about that. We're going to talk Pujols, and then we're going to get into some more relatable and and personal uh, athletic questions. So we'll get a little bit more into that later. But let's uh, start with the NBA. Um, We had talked about the play-in games last week, and it looks like we got a new team that's about to be in that play-in in the Lakers. So... Uh, they've got a lot of things going on right now. Do you think the Lakers are going to be okay, or is this something to where they can't recover from this and all these injuries?
1: Uh, I think the Lakers going to be all right. Personally, I think um, they just need LeBron back. Uh, that always helps team. You know, that always helps a team when you get LeBron. Back. That's
0: usually a little <laughs> boost, right? A little yeah, boost. that makes sense. Uh,
1: Get Dennis Schroeder off the health protocol list. Get their starting point guard back. That helps, too, especially on the defensive end. He's a, You know, he likes to bother point guards. He's kind of like a gnat, you know. He just always kind of around your face. It's kind of always there, and you're like, man, just get out of here. That, that's what he I like. a little bit of a pest, that's
0: for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: so that's, that's, you know, Dennis Schroeder style. I think the league is going to be all right, man. They're going to be in that uh, playoff. But, you know, they're, the, they're still one of the best teams in the West, like, and if you have one of the best teams in the West and they're in the lower half, like, that's, the top teams aren't going to really like that. Like, somebody who worked their butt off all year to get, like, a one, two, or a three is going to have to play the Lakers in the first <laughs> round. Like, that's your reward for having a good season. Yeah. So, that, that's one of those odd years, but that just happens when the West is so deep. You that and you know that's is what it is. Like you have to play somebody. Like you're not gonna get nobody really easy. So, this is what it's gonna be.
0: Do you think they're gonna make it off the off the in line, or do you? Because th- LeBron sounded off on that. Like he he was a, he was big mad, and the, the, the only reason he even cares is because he was he's got to be on that. But do you think they make it off of that, or do you think they're gonna have to play their way into the playoffs?
1: They might have to play their way in. I mean, if he's I don't know if he's coming back before the season ends because if they're going to have to lean on AD and these guys, like I'm not too confident in that personally.
0: Yeah, I mean, so he said he was going to miss three games. He missed the last two. So I think there's at least another one that he's going to miss. And I think there's only like six left. So, I mean, I don't know what that looks like. So we'll, we're going to see what that what that is. I mean, AD looks like... The one positive thing for the Lakers is last night AD looked like vintage AD. He looked like what we kind of expect out of him. Um, whereas he's been kind of struggling to get back with it the last uh, week or so. So I guess even though they lost Portland, it did look more like what we're expecting out of AD. So I think that's a thing that we can look at for sure as a positivity in Laker land. But yeah, I think they're going to have to be playing off of that... Uh, Playing off that play in too—that's kind of a weird thing. I know the NBA is looking for that Golden State Lakers matchup because I know they want to see that Steph Lebron. I don't personally think that would be that interesting. I think the Lakers, if they're healthy, yeah, I they're in this match. Yeah, but I know I guess it'd be at least good promo at least for the NBA. Um, yeah. Let's let's say hypothetically, Lebron or AD. Well, probably more likely AD gets hurt again, um, and the Lakers just. Aren't able to recover from the injury, but in that scenario, who do you think that benefits the most out west? And who, who would you take coming out the West?
1: I'm a you know what? It's kind of the team that's in the West that's kind of the healthiest right now. And we kind of stopped talking about them, and I think they like it. And that's the Clippers. That's the team that has two guys that are still like we like to give Paul George a lot of grief. But me personally, I always remember Indiana Paul George, who was giving LeBron buckets, like prime LeBron buckets, not old LeBron, prime LeBron. So whenever I think of Paul George in the playoffs, man, I still think about that guy. And they got Kawhi, who, you know, one rings in San Antonio, one a ring in Toronto. So those two guys are legit together. They're going to play defense. They're going to, you know, they're going to be there. And if the Lakers aren't fully healthy and aren't there, who I think are the best team when healthy, then i like the Clippers, man. When most times playing, they're going to have the two best players on the court. Maybe like the Suns, I guess, Chris Paul and Booker, you could debate. But other than that, they're probably going to have the two best players on the court. So I like the Clippers, honestly. If uh, the Lakers aren't healthy, even if the Lakers are healthy, I think they can still give them a run. But I like the Clippers, honestly.
0: You've been real critical of the Clippers, so it's, it's interesting to hear you say that. Well, I, I've, I mean, heard a lot of Clipper slander coming out of that mouth no, of yours. So
1: I mean, yeah, but it was it it was they needed that slander. That slander was. I mean, they they was earned,
0: a, it probably was not slander. They earned that.
1: Yeah, but if you think about it, right now though, they are the health. They're like one of the healthiest teams. They've been low key still winning games. Like I guess Kawhi is kind of getting back in the form. He was missing games, at his foot, but he's played the last I think three or four. So, I, I mean, I don't – to me, their defense is one of the things I like the most. Like, I know they're going to play defense every night, and I know what those guys can do in the playoffs. Like like I said, we like to get on Paul George for his last kind of playoff performances. I mean, I guess last year, not really that year that Dame – That's Lutter last year, knocked, really. Yeah, because the year that Dame knocked him out, he still played well. He just, you know, Dame made shot, he waved, bye-bye. It is what it is. Like. <laughs>
0: that was so cold game i'll never forget that but um you don't got no love for the jazz did the jazz get healthy because i mean they're still winning games without donovan mitchell without mike conley uh you don't think the jazz can do it
1: the the problem with the jazz is they're the best when they can keep rudy gobert on the court but i think there's teams out there that can play him off the court is the problem and that's not them being at their best so Unless they can keep getting – if they can get a matchup every round where he can stay on the court, then they're fine. Like, if they can play, like, Denver, if they can play, I guess the Suns because they're going to keep Aiden, but if they choose to switch that, then that doesn't help them. they got to play a team that's going to keep the center on the court, basically, because if they don't, then he's going to get played off the court. If he has to play on the perimeter and he's moved away from the basket, which he does best, and now teams can attack the basket, then I think Utah has a problem. But if they can – keep finding teams that have a center which is basically denver so get to the end of the road and have to play denver in like the western conference finals then i guess you could be okay but i just don't like i don't like the jazz honestly i mean what's the deepest run with this group is have they won a series with this group of like
0: you yeah know, they won. they beat a oak they beat that okc team with a uh, Melo, um and and uh Actually, it might have been before Melo got there, but it was Russell and Paul George. I think the first year that they were there. I think, oh uh, yeah, because Joe
1: Ingles was getting off. Joe Ingles was getting in.
0: Paul George's
1: man. How Paul George let like, Joe Ingles give him buckets? Man, oh, never mind. That's a future callback for something later on.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was unexpected. That's a little foreshadowing, but yeah. Um, so I got two things with that, and you know me, you know I'm always looking for a reason. Uh, to Shea Gobert. Not that I don't think he's a good player. I just think he's overrated, personally. And if, to your point, I think there are certain teams, like, for instance, you were talking about the Clippers. I think if Abaka gets healthy, then I think you're going to have that same scenario where Abaka's just going to stay at the three-point line and then you're going to have to make a choice with Gobert. Um, but if you can get in a scenario in the playoffs to where teams play in a certain way to where you got to get this guy off the court you can't pay him $40 million. That's just all I have to say about that. Like, if you can get into a position to where it's just like, hey, we got, we got to put this guy on the bench because we can't do anything with him, then that guy can't make $40 million. Cause if it when you need him most, if there's a, roster, a lineup to where he can't play against that lineup and he's a liability in some capacity to where you got to take him off. Because, I mean, I don't care what lineup you're playing against. Jokic could just stand on the court. You know what I mean? I don't care what lineup you're playing against. Embiid staying on the court. You know, so there's bigs that may be, not the greatest matchup, but because of how good they are, they ain't coming out the game. So we have scenarios to which we're like, hey, man, we got we to gotta play Royce O'Neal because we can't keep Gilbert." Like, then you can't pay that man that money. But overall, I agree with your point. I'm, I think the Clippers, honestly, at this point, regardless of what happens with the health, I think the Clippers are coming out the West just because I don't think there's going to be enough time with LeBron coming back, for them to kind of figure it all out, because they're going to have to figure it all out on the fly. They're going to have to play in the play-in play game, make it out of that. They're probably going to have to play either the Jazz or the Suns. Honestly, the Suns would probably be their best matchup, because I don't think they would have any trouble with the Suns, to be honest. I like the Suns. I love Chris Paul. I love Devin Booker. They ain't ready for that. Like, if they see the Lakers in the first round, that's like the worst draw they could possibly have. They, they may yeah. as well have lost a couple games and been the three seed or something like that, but... If they if they get that two seven game and it's the Lakers, like that's that's definitely the worst case scenario for them. Like they not they didn't want that, um, but I just think they're gonna have a really tough road. And I think, like you said, the Clippers they're the, probably the deepest team in the West. I would say because I mean they're having injuries and they're just coming off the bench with with dudes that are still giving you buckets. Still, I mean you know how I feel about Luke Kennard. My man can't get in any run, so I would still say the Clippers. um I think they match up really well with the Lakers. <clears throat> really, if it's the Clippers Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, which is what I kind of hope it is, um, I think the, it would have to be an AD show because <clears throat> I don't think they have anybody for AD. Like, I'm—I've told you about Ibaka. Ibaka's a weak side shot blocker. He's not a good one-on-one defender. He couldn't stop Chris Bosh in the finals in his prime, and like, there, there's never been a time when you put Ibaka on somebody and he shut him down. Like, that's—that's that's just the thing. Like he's a very good help defender so like if you get beat you can erase that but he's not a dude that you just put on a post and he just stops that post from scoring so that's their best matchup for ad and i don't like that matchup for them so unless ad goes bonkers and does some dark stuff i think everywhere else they match up really well and so i would i would i would take the clippers in that um i'm not going to be too swayed by the fact that way off P showed uh showed itself in the bubble last year I think it's a really weird year so I'm gonna give him a pass on that so I think one way or the other we're gonna have the Clippers I tend to agree that I think the Lakers will be okay like I don't think they're gonna have trouble getting out of the playing game or even out of the first round but I think it's just gonna be too much to try to bring together all at once I'm not really a big chemistry guy per se, but I do think there's playing shape. I think there's a difference between like having a few games. Having that break for LeBron, I think, is going to be a problem. And even AD to some extent. Like We can see that this isn't our, the normal AD. Dennis Schroeder is going to have to get back in the flow of it. Uh, Kuzma is going to have to get used to a different role because he's basically been starting like the last, what, 30, 40 games because people have been hurt. Now he's going to go back to coming off the bench. So, I just think it's a lot of moving pieces for the wrong time. So, that's that's kind of my take on it. I don't I don't really love the timing for that. So, let's let's move to the east a little bit. It's the Nets, right? Like, is there really anybody that can give the Nets any problems?
1: So, I. A week, maybe a two weeks ago, I thought that the Bucks maybe the worst matchup for the Bucs was probably like the Nets because I thought maybe Sixers, well, I guess Sixers also. But now that I watched the Bucks over the last couple weeks since then, I kind of like the Bucks the most in the East right now. Giannis is starting to rev it up. He, you know, he had, I think he had a little twisted ankle a week ago, but he seems to be past that. Uh, Drew Holiday is starting to get kind of seems like in his playoff mode that he gets in. I, I like this team, man. Um
0: I Drew ain't gonna have to see Kevin Porter, so he should be fine. Yeah, he should be good.
1: He ain't gotta see K you know
0: 4 Jr. in the playoffs. But um uh, the
1: only thing I worry about this team is if they get games where like say Middleton doesn't score, is who's gonna be that third guy in the playoffs? Like you see Knights tonight, Pat Compton can give you twenty, Demon Chindo can give you twenty, Brooke Lopez can give you twenty or whatever. Uh, with some rebounds, but in the playoffs, it's going to be tighter defenses. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not sold on Pat Connaughton and Devin Chinzo and even really Brook Lopez. I mean, I'll be more sold on Brooke Lopez than those guys, honestly. But I just don't know how much more I still like dependent Those guys are like, I mean, even the Forbes. I guess his time in San Antonio, but he really they didn't go deep in the playoffs when he was really there. He was kind of on those more down San Antonio teams. Yeah, so. Yeah, but, I mean, I do like the Bucks, man. They have Giannis, which is just – that dude's motor is always running. And he's always attacking the rim and doing what he does. And if he can knock down some threes like he was when uh, they played the Nets, kind of like almost a back-to-back situation. I think they might have had a day off in between or something like that. He was knocking down perimeter shots, and the Nets don't really have anybody that can guard him. Like, I mean, it looks like the Nets – you know, strategy is us, hey, we're gonna get James Harden back and we're just gonna have to beat people with having like the three best scores on the court.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so when I look at it, I think to your point, I think the Bucks probably are the best matchup. I think Brook Lopez is going to be the important part because if you They're probably gonna wanna put Jeff Green on Giannis. That's probably they're gonna wanna they're not gonna wanna put Durant on Giannis all game. So with that being said, if you can put Brook Lopez in the post and he's being guarded by Durant and he can give you you know, the old school Brooklyn Nets Brook Lopez where he's giving you 20 in the post, like that's going to be a problem because Durant can't guard Brook Lopez down there in the, in the, on the block. problem is that Brook Lopez has changed his game so much that I'm not even sure if he still knows how to get a bucket in the block. Like I'm not sure if that's something he does still. So if they get a matchup to where... They're trying to play small ball. Brook Lopez, I mean, it's a solid 7-1. You can't really expect somebody to guard him in the post. Now, on the other end of the court, I'll take my chances with Jeff Green. I mean, if they have Kyrie, Harden, Healthy, and Durant, they're not going to be trying to exploit the Jeff Green-Brook Lopez matchup. That's not what they're going to be trying to do. So defensively, you can just rest your laurels on the fact that he ain't Jeff Green isn't really going to be the guy anyway. So you can kind of just hope for the on that. But are you afraid of them maybe
1: doing, you know, are you afraid of maybe doing screens and them basically every time picking on Brook Lopez to get the matchup for that?
0: So here's the thing. Basically trying to play him off the court. Like, go bird. But I mean, here's here's the thing with that. NBA teams got to get over this whole switch it thing. Like, hedging is a thing. You know what I mean? Getting over the screen is a thing. Like, we just... Like one of the most frustrating things in the NBA is that like at any point, like there's not even really a point in having a matchup because all you gotta do is set the screen and we just lazily switch it and then now you've got Brook Lopez on an island with Kyrie Irving. I'm like, that doesn't work. And if you wanna keep him on the court, you're gonna have to play that pick and roll differently than just switching it. Like you'll see in the playoffs and it'll be like it's really just a half-assed screen. It's not even really a screen set meant for him to go around it. It's just a screen because they know that teams are just going to switch it and then you get the matchup. So I would be worried about that if they're just going to switch everything, but ultimately they're going to have to hedge and get back. Like that's going to have to happen because otherwise if you play him off the court, then that's advantage Brooklyn because then they're like if we're going to play a small ball lineup Brooklyn's got the better small ball lineup, because, like you said, if we're playing, what that'd be, Jonas, Middleton, DiVincenzo, uh, Holiday, and then you're playing Drew. I mean, you know, we are. I said Holiday. Pat playing... Nah, I mean, ultimately, Portis. I guess I forgot about I forgot about Portis. Portis could be a game changer as well, because then that's not really small ball. He's still a. But he's more athletic to whereas I mean, I still don't want him guarding Kyrie either, but he's got a better chance than, than Brooke does. So now that I think... When I'm thinking about Portis, it's probably going to be the combination. Brooke and Portis is going to have to be the key to that. And they both have the ability to do it. Uh, basically, you're going to try to make... Force... Brooklyn into playing Blake more. Force Brooklyn into playing DeAndre Jordan more. That's what you're gonna have, the goal is going to have to be. Because otherwise, when they play that small ball lineup, there's really nothing you can do with it defensively. But if you can kind of punish them on the other end of the court, whereas maybe Durant's picking up some fouls because he's got a guard Portis in the post or he's got a guard Brook in the post, then maybe you can get that switch and that move. So, yeah, I think really, like, the more I think about it, the Bucks and then also the Sixers do have an opportunity because they have nobody for Embiid. That's just, they have nobody for Embiid.
1: So I was thinking so, about the Sixers while you were talking about the Bucks. And I, I do like the Sixers. Yeah, I do like that. I was listening to what I was thinking about the Sixers. And then I was thinking, I'm like, man, do I like the Sixers against the Nets or the Bucks? Like, even with the Bucks having nobody for Embiid, like, The Sixers don't have anybody for Giannis either. Like, their best bet is putting Embiid. And then if that, like, and to me, I don't want Embiid on Giannis because I don't want him working that hard on defense. I don't want him getting fouls because he's going to get fouls. Yeah. And then, so I'm just like, so, and if he guards Brooke, it's whatever. He can guard him on the perimeter anywhere. But I'm just like, the Sixers, I'm like, and then Ben Simmons, he's too small for Giannis. Like I've seen that matchup already, dude. Like you, you tell me you're depoy, but you can't guard him. Like he's gonna take you. I mean, he's gonna get. Take...
0: Uh, you're right, but honestly, that's who they're gonna have to put on him. Like he, he's their yeah. best. It's their best chance. Like he's yeah. the only one with enough height and length to even bother him. I don't want him beat on him, like you said. Yeah. So I mean, so they would me, have to put Ben Simmons on him. I think the Easter in a round robin situation. I
1: think. The Sixers would rather see the Nets. I think the Nets would rather see the Sixers. And I think the Bucks would rather see the Sixers than the Nets. You get where I'm kinda of
0: going with that? I'm <laughs> not sure that's how Ryan Robin works, but I, I was able to follow it, who it, wants who. Yeah, sorry, I got the
1: wrong <laughs> thing, but you know what I mean. Kind of like a little triangle. Yeah. Know.
0: But yeah. Different people like want that. different things. Like a little love triangle yes. or something. Yeah, there you go. Um so yeah, I mean I think I I think I agree with that. Uh, Anybody else have any chance in the East? I mean, I know the Knicks are a great story and everything. No. I don't love it. It's, it's um, so
1: <laughs> I do like the Knicks being back, though. What are they, like, the fourth seed?
0: Yeah, I mean, Julius Randle needs his flowers. That's all there is to it. Oh, yeah.
1: And they need, I can't wait for them to have fans like next year, and I hope they're good again. Cause oh, yeah, and the garden. In the garden. see all those...
0: Back. See all those Randall jerseys coming out of nowhere. (laughs) Everybody want to tell me that they knew Julius Randall was going to be this dude. Uh, So let me ask you this question. And just based on the conversation that we've had so far, I think I already know your answer. But I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you think the East has passed the West? Or probably a better question, have they gained ground on the West?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They've gained ground for sure. I, they, I don't think they've caught the West just because the West bottom right now. We're, like we were talking earlier, it's like the Lakers falling into a playoff game, like playing game. The Blazers, uh, the Grizzlies are around that range, and then you look at the bottom of the East, and it's still it's you know the AC is still not very good. Like I can't, I don't know off the top of my head who's AC right now. Probably like uh, the Pacers or someone like that.
0: I think it's the Pacers. Which, for the record, that's a team that just isn't healthy. I think when you look at that roster next year and you're looking at Brogdon, Levert, Warren, who we haven't seen basically at all year, Sabonis, and Miles Turner, oh, yeah. like that's a tough lineup Like when they're healthy. This year, it's not doesn't sound like they're going to have Turner. They haven't had Warner, Warren all year. So, I mean, this iteration of the Pacers are kind of marginal, but you get a healthy Pacers team and I mean that's like a four or five seed, and then the Heat. I mean that's a team that's always going to be in the conversation. I know we we kind of laugh at Jaboy over Depot because he's he's not that dude, um, but he's still a good player. He ain't like what we he's not who we thought he was. Well, I mean not, he's not even playing right. People now, so thought he was. We'll he, yeah,
1: we'll see if he comes back. He's supposed
0: to come back in the next couple games. But to your point, this year I think it's irrelevant because they're not beating those top three. But I think the East is definitely gained ground. I think it'll be interesting to see the next step, what Washington looks like with the full year, with the way they're playing this year. Um, it'll be interesting, like I said, Indiana being healthy, Charlotte possibly taking a step, uh, the Knicks possibly making the next step. So I think there's a chance in the next two years, next two, three years, that the East is better. Because, um, I mean, I think the Lakers are going to take a really large tumble when LeBron's gone. Um, right. Eventually that's got to happen, right? I mean, I know he's basically basketball's Tom Brady where's the feels like he's never gonna leave, but Father Times undefeated, I mean, we'll right? See, it's but I feel on. like they'll
1: I feel like they'll get a free agent once LeBron leaves. I mean it is LA, let's be real.
0: Like honestly, I mean, you said know that it's so but funny. before LeBron came, they really yeah, were Yeah, people were passed. Like, between Kobe and LeBron, like people weren't really knocking beating down the door.
1: I because I'm looking at the East right now because I was looking at the bottom and like sevens uh, Boston eight Charlotte nines Indiana tens Washington and I'm like man in a couple of years if Tatum ain't too happy in Boston you ain't gonna think he gonna want to be in L A with AD I mean that's a nice combo I'm just
0: saying I mean you ain't necessarily wrong about that I think Tatum I really just think Tatum enjoys playing with Brown like I think they not like, that much. legitimately <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I like Brown, but I mean, <laughs> then there's Anthony Davis. so And living in Los gotta... Angeles,
1: playing for the Lakers instead of living in Boston. I'm just saying, that's, that's just me.
0: I mean, I think that might be something to keep your eyes on, because that definitely could be a thing, that's for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I guess more to the question at hand, I think the East still has a ways to go, but I really do think in a year or two, we could definitely see the East kind of making that pass because I think Brooklyn is still going to be there. Like well, it, you know what? Never mind. I take that back because I'm. I know you're not necessarily a believer in this, but I think a healthy Warriors team changes the complexion of the West in general. Yeah, I forgot all about the Warriors, but I mean, you give them Clay, even if they're not the top of the West, that still gives you another five, six seed that's going to be tougher than the East is East. That's a long S. Um, the East five, six seed. So I think that creates more. Depth in the West once they're healthy. Even if I know we can debate all day whether or not you think they're a championship contender when they get Clay, but regardless, they're easily better. a playoff team at that point in yeah. time. So that does boost the West stock. So you know what? I'm just going to right here on the air just turn around and do a 180 and say, you know what? I think the West <laughs> is still going to be the better team <laughs> <laughs> for probably the next three to five years. So basically, we just wasted everybody's time for about. about two three minutes so
1: let's uh man it was a good debate the east the east is trying you know
0: yeah the east is they're they're trying to make some ground um so i also i want to transition a little bit we've been talking about kind of the playoffs and and the conferences but there's a, a small little news story that came out that i want to kind of take and roll with um westbrook has been doing this thing i think we've kind of written off Westbrook a little early. I know for me I thought he was starting to be kind of not washed yet, but you know, he was in the he was in the basket, you know, to be to be headed towards the washer. Um but he's showing that he's still the same guy. Uh we wrote him off a little soon and he's now Mr. Triple Double again. He's putting up monster numbers and I want to give him his flowers cuz like I said I was I was starting to kind of drop him on my list of players, but he's he's headed right back up where he's where he probably never should have left. But Scott Brooks, who's the, his current coach, and he also coached him at OKC, said something that I, I want to listen to and expand on. He came out and said that Russell Westbrook is the second best, will be, when it's all said and done, the second best point guard in the history of the game behind Magic. Initially, I just completely dismissed it. And I still don't necessarily agree. But I think there's probably more merit to it than I initially gave it at first. Because when you think about from a number standpoint, he is kind of doing things that are very Oscar Robertson-esque. And for me, Oscar Robertson's always been my second best point guard of all time. So if you're going to put him kind of in that same ilk, doing those same things, then it's not crazy to put him... In that vicinity, anyway. So, I guess, tell me kind of where you think he stands in the hierarchy of point guards kind of all time. Obviously, we're seeing kind of a great era of it with Curry and Paul, Westbrook, Kyrie, all those. So, where do you think he lands in maybe your top ten?
1: I don't know where he lands, but he ain't. Cl- I'm sorry, he's not close to one, two, or three. Like maybe not even top five. Honestly, he's probably gonna fall close to the ten range. Maybe. Like, all of a sudden, we've become very obsessed with triple doubles, and I don't get where that came from. It yes, it is impressive by numbers standpoint. I guess if you guys want to, because ten is a magical number. But uh, <laughs> t- well, that's how we treat it, basically. So, but to me, when the, he, when the times they needed him most, teams used his non-shooting as, you know, for them to win games. Like, we've seen this every playoff series. Like, the Warriors did it. The Lakers did it. So, his downfall is him not being able to consistently shoot from the perimeter and make threes and make shots, you know. And... I just, I guess, I remember my lasting thing is kind of like the end with him and KD and OKC and him kind of taking the shots when the shots should have been maybe KD taking the shots. And, not
0: maybe, absolutely.
1: Okay, not. I was trying to be nice, but you know,
0: yeah. This is this is call it what it is.
1: And the other point guards that were mentioned, like Magic, Oscar. Uh, even putting in uh, Isaiah Thomas, who doesn't get his flowers, as you would say. These guys weren't liabilities when it came in the clutch. Like, let's be real. Russ was a liability sometimes in playoffs. Like, his defense wasn't even always the best. So I can't put that guy as my top two or three or four or five point guard of all time, along with, I, I mean, we're just... I feel like we're bumping him up because of the triple doubles. And he's played the same, you know, basically kind of overlapping years as Chris Paul. I wouldn't even take him over Chris Paul, quite honestly. So how am I putting him way over there if I'm not even going to put him above Chris Paul, who's played during the same time frame as him?
0: You know, I think you make a good point. I mean, for me, like when I think about it, um, I was just kind of talking about Gobert and how if you're going to be that guy, then you can't be a liability in pretty much any aspect. And if I'm going to be consistent, Westbrook has definitely been... I mean, basically, you've seen teams put centers on Westbrook because they're like, he can't shoot anyway, just stay in the paint. You know what I mean? like, And that can't happen to a guy that's your second or best player of all time at that position. So, I mean, it's, that's a hard one for me to argue. I was already... I, Generally speaking, I agree with you anyway. I was going to play devil's advocate, but I ain't even going to do that anymore. Like, I just, like, <laughs> so, But let me see. Like, Who is your top five point guards all time? Like, if we're throwing Westbrook out and we're saying, like, nah, so, get a jumper and we could talk, right. then who are we putting in there?
1: All right. So I'm going to do like some. I think Shannon Sharp did this. I'm not putting LeBron in there. I, he, To me, he is a point guard. He's not a point he's guard. A forward. He's not a point guard, but he plays point guard a lot of times. So I'm going to magic. Oscar, okay, Isaiah, John, and then uh, my fifth,
0: Stockton, just in case yeah, yeah,
1: sorry, my bad, guys, John Stockton. Uh, man, my fifth, give me one second to think on that because I didn't have I'm doing this off the top of my head and I don't want to put some, I'll put Chris Paul. I, I... I already said Chris Paul was the best of them, so I'll put Chris Paul at five and then I'll come back to it okay. if I
0: need to. So, I think. Everybody in Utah needs to close the ears for me to get my top five. I have a, a anti-Utah bias. I'm gonna just tell you that right now. Except for, unless we're saying p- power forwards, because I can't ignore Karl Malone on that list. But there's going to be an omission. His name's going to be John. So I'm gonna just tell you that right now. So can <laughs> Utah go ahead and skip skip to whatever, maybe two minutes from now. Um, I got Magic one, Oscar two, Isaiah three probably curry four and then chris paul five
1: my bad i guess i forgot
0: you, you didn't put curry in your top five because i'm just I'm, gonna put that out there
1: <laughs> i'm thinking i guess i think of him as a shooting guard like i know i know he is a point guard like i guess i've always thought of him as a shooting guard because in fact
0: a, i think i'm gonna go curry three isaiah four chris paul five
1: yeah i gotta I throw curry in I'm, there i'm okay sorry paul you gotta go or it's bumped Stockton down yeah, that's, to five, that's and then Curry three, and then, yeah, but yeah. But yeah, sorry, I forgot Curry. My bad, Curry. But, Curry, to your, my fault, I thought I'm shooting guard. I had you in my mind as a shooting
0: guard. <laughs> you had him on that Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving lane where he just decides <laughs> to he's like, I'm a shooting guard now, so that's fine. Um, yeah. So I'm glad Isaiah was in your top five. Because uh, I looked at a lot of lists, because this, like I said, this, this was kind of a story where now everybody wants to talk about um, – your point guards, because not only did we have the Westbrook soundbite, but we also had CP3 getting into fifth all-time for assists. Um, and so I've seen a lot of lists with respect to the best point guards of all time. And there's been a lot of consistent names. But Isaiah has been way down the list for whatever reason. Like, I've seen him at seven with, like, Steve Nash above him. and like, Man, I know what it just is. Don't get... I can tell you
1: what it is.
0: Is it really because our favorite guy, Jordan, didn't like him? So we're all shading him because your Jordan boy. shades him. Is that really what your, we're doing right
1: now? Your boy. Yeah, your boy, Jordan. Like he did how that you, to keep him. you
0: keep pointing you keep pointing at me and saying, My boy Jordan, like like I'm gonna be ashamed that Jordan is one of my favorite players of all time. Like like well, I'm gonna be no. like, No, he's not my no. boy. Like, no, we're talking about I'm Michael
1: Jordan, here, let's, let's. No, yeah, we are, but I'm shaming him because he did this to one of the best point guards of all time. It looked like this is messed up, man. We like this is how we going to treat Zeke. This is how we going to do him.
0: So, I'm going to defend Jordan a little bit here. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> for the record, anybody anybody taking numbers, my I've always been the Scotty Pippen guy. He's always been my favorite player of all time. I'm a Bulls fan, but for whatever reason, I love Scotty Pippen. Obviously, Jordan is who he is greatest of all time in my book, but. I just love Scottie Pippen. Back to the point. Obviously, Jordan's still very high on my list, given the fact that I'm a Bulls fan. Um, just because Jordan doesn't like him, like, it's kind of a weird thing that we as fans have just also decided, like, we don't like Zeke. It's like, you know, in high school, when you, like, you had, like, girl cliques or whatever, and, like, one of the, one of the friends didn't like this girl, so the whole friend group had to, like, not like that girl. Like, why are we doing that as grown adults, like to people that we don't even know? Like it doesn't make sense to me that because Jordan doesn't like him, that I have to decide that I also don't like him. Like Jordan don't know me, he don't like me either. He you know me, he don't know me. So why am I feeling like I need to take sides on someone that doesn't I don't even know personally? It doesn't make sense. So to your point, I think Jordan kind of has a lot to do with it, but like at the same time, like why are we letting Jordan's feelings about Zeke affect? how we view him as a basketball player. Like, that's that's weird. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, there's a lot of players who don't like each other, um, but we never have just degraded somebody because of the fact that our favorite guy didn't like this guy. Like, it, like are Jimmy Butler fans going to tell me that Karl-Anthony Towns ain't good now because Jimmy Butler doesn't like Karl-Anthony Towns? Like, it's just a weird thing that we did specifically because it's Jordan and because he didn't like one guy. That That just doesn't make sense to me.
1: To me, honestly, I think it's more of a media thing than fan, or I'll say a sports writer thing than fans because and I'll say it because I feel like if you're a true basketball fan and historian of the game, then you know you know Zeke's good and you know what he did for the Pistons and you know how valuable he was in being that great of a point guard. But if you were at that time of the Jordan reign and you were a sports writer, who are you trying to get closer to? Jordan or you know, Isaiah Thomas. So you're gonna take Jordan's side. So I think that's the problem was, you know, everybody, for, say, a sports writer standpoint, was going to side more with Jordan because that's the more marketable guy. That's the bigger star. That's the guy on the Gatorade commercials and the Nike stuff. So and it, you see that happen in everyday life kind of with celebrities. If beefs happen, you know, they're going to side with the more celebrity that everybody likes. Like J-Lo and A-Rod break up. People are probably going to side more with J-Lo because A-Rod's a douche. I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, that, supposed to be bad guy. Sorry, excuse my language. I never say things like that. Sorry, people. But uh, but yeah. So uh, that I think that just happens in life, and I think that's what I think Isaiah caught a stray. Honestly,
0: yeah. He, I mean, he didn't catch a stray. He caught a bunch <laughs> of strays. We all. There's a lot of people disrespecting my guy. He's getting lit up. Like uh, I think it was. I think it was the end of training day when when the. Denzel got like lit up a little bit. I think that's that's kind of what we're doing the to... it just it just doesn't it, it just doesn't make any sense to me like why we do that. And like I'm tired of us disrespecting this guy. Um he's a Hall of Famer. Like the thing about it that's even crazier to me is there's a whole like thing about this ring culture, right? Like, you know I mean? I don't necessarily just subscribe to it, but people love the ring and they will tell you that you can't be here without a ring yet when we do our top five point point guards of all time people have Nash above them who's ringless they got CP3 above them who's ringless some people have Westbrook above them who ain't got a ring like our our disdain for Zeke goes so much that we just ignore the whole ring argument that we've always made for every player in every sport like we just move that aside just so that we can shade on Zeke and I don't understand it like I mean, based on everything that I've seen and heard, it doesn't sound like he's the greatest dude in the world. Um, but who cares? Like, He's a good basketball player. This is about how great of a basketball player you are. And he deserves his flowers for that. Maybe he ain't getting no Father's Day flowers or whatever, other kind of flowers. But he should get his flowers for being one of the best point guards to ever do it. So that's just kind of really where I'm at on it. Uh, I wanted to go maybe into some more Hall of Famers that I feel are disrespected. But what I think I'm going to do is talk about one future Hall of Famer that I feel was disrespected. And that's Albert Pujols. So basically, Albert Pujols was designated for assignment, which ultimately, in case you're not a huge baseball fan, that just means he got cut, waived, released. Whatever word you want to use. It's being nice. <laughs> that means he ain't dead. It's a anymore.
1: nicer way of yeah. saying you got cut.
0: Designated for assignment sounds like you got some sort of special task to where it's <laughs> like you're on this task force now. And like, no, he just got cut. Like, that's what that's what happened. So is this a thing that should happen to guys that we know, like, are, I mean, ultimately future Hall of Famers and have done a lot for the sport? I mean, he kind of helped drag baseball out of this whole steroid era because he's one of those presumed clean guys um i think his name did get kind of mixed up in there a little bit but we've kind of just thrown that aside a little bit but is this something that should happen to a guy like like that was this good at at, a, at any sport like i just just i mean it kind of almost happened to Mello, really. It's, he kind of was able to find his way back, but um, yeah,
1: it's a little, It's even different than that because, like we see now, Melo wasn't even really close to done. Like Albert Pulho's been been probably cooked for about two, three <laughs> years. Like he he done done. Like he should have been taken out the oven, and we just forgot about him. He just been left in the oven with it on. So just burnt and, to a crisp, huh? Uh, just burnt. And, and, and he got his money, man. Like we we're acting like he got cut. And he wasn't getting paid or something. They gave this dude the bag to like not be good and chill in California for ten years. Like they they finally cut him at the end. Like this is the last year on his contract anyway. And I'm sure at this point they're like, we gotta. I mean, we gotta get a look at the future at first birth, base. Like we can't have you out here still playing at whatever age not really producing for that contract like we need to see but i think we probably got somebody at the myers who's been chilling because you've been up here making 30 or whatever because we can't afford to really cut you yet and drop like 60 million for you to go away for two years like they finally you know swallowed their pride and was like i mean this is the end now like we can go on and just move on but i think at this point you have to like you I, i get what he's done and how great he is Maybe you could have called around for some teams and said, hey, you guys need, you know, need a first baseman with a little bit of pop. Albert Pujols, name factor, yada, yada, yada. Maybe sell They probably tried
0: that. (laughs) Let's be real. They (laughs) probably tried it. And everybody was like, nah, we good.
1: (laughs) But you could have even traded it for nothing. Like, you could have been like, we don't even really want nothing. Like, send us like like a a low prospect.
0: (laughs) I'd have called the Cardinals and been like, hey we going to do your boy like this unless so you <laughs> take him off our hands. <laughs> we going to so, do your boy like this. <laughs> so, I mean, y'all can have him if you want him, but otherwise we go. But not like, so for me, one of the things that you said I think kind of makes kind of makes my point is the fact that it's the last year of his contract. All you really had to do was tell him, hey, you ain't going to be playing every day anymore. You're going to be maybe every other day, get some DH spots here, maybe some pinch hits there, and let him kind of throw that lack of a better way to put it, like kind of ride the bench for a while, just be kind of like your, your guy like that. And then with the year's over, just don't re-sign him. Like, I mean, he could have went out like Vince Carter. You know what I mean? Like, Vince Carter wasn't getting a lot of minutes at the end of his career. But he just was on the team. You know what I mean? He, he can be that Udonis Haslam type, whereas he's just on the roster. Now, obviously, UD kind of means a lot more to Miami than Pujols means to L.A. himself. But, I mean, ultimately, he could have did – they could have just – if you have that prospect that you want to see, and you know, there's nothing really literally stopping you from doing that. Just let my man hang out on the dugout, you know, chew some sunflower seeds, get some DH, help somebody else. Like, maybe let him start his career as a hitting coach early, so he's just helping out your prospect. And then just let him ride off into the sunset and don't resign him. Maybe sign a one-day contract with the Cardinals and then retire. Like, that's... But to just cut him, just like... If he was going to do that, then, I don't know. I just feel like it's just a sad way to see it all in. Like I'm just From a baseball standpoint You're not wrong But I'm just like We couldn't like Just let this ride out We couldn't let We couldn't let him just like Drive off to the sunset or nothing Like we just had to cut him in the middle We ain't had to do that to my man like I, that, feel, like, I feel like I feel like I'm it.
1: always I feel like I'm always a nice one And you're the cutthroat one And now you're like Nah man let him ride Let him, let him play man Come on man Let my man get some shine <laughs> He's done. I don't like know what let world it be. you
0: live in towards. I'm cutthroat and you nice, but <laughs> no. I'm, I'm gonna let you have this one. <laughs> We're gonna stay on topic with this. Uh but I I just let him ride it out. You're gonna pay him anyway. It's not like they're getting off this money. So you still paying them. Like just let them, just let the season in. Like, I mean, are the angels really winning any damn thing anyway? No. They're just, just let them sit in the pine. Start your next first baseman, get a look at him. Let him collect this check while he at least has to go to work every day versus sending him home to collect this check i I don't know that's it ultimately, like I said, from a baseball peer standpoint, you're probably right like he he's 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 been washed twice he basically they put him in the washer, he got washed, they forgot about him too long, so now he's starting to smell a little bit, so they had to wash him again <laughs> like
1: that's where
0: that's where Robert Pools is. <laughs> is at, but at the end of the day, like. We were almost done. Like just let him just slip my man write it out. I'm going to ask one more question about pool hosts and then we're going we're going to move on. So I know baseball's really weird with this Hall of Fame stuff. Is he first ballot or Yeah. How, easy. How, how, easy. Because easy he, first ballot. Yeah, he's I mean, so if this good. is any other sport, if this is any other sport, I would say yeah, no no, but baseball's kind of weird. They were like, "Well, this person wasn't first ballot, so I'm going to not vote for him no. just so that we can get him the second time. It, just because they'd be doing like comparison uh, stuff instead of just answering the question.
1: Not with pull he's in? He they like him too much. Like everybody, every every baseball writer lo- loves pull hosts. He never did anything off the field. Always a class act guy. You like you said, name kind of got brought up in that stuff, but can't really prove anything. A lot of guys' names were thrown in there. You just don't know. Um, one, I think two World Series rings with St. Louis, maybe three, but I think it's two. Um, one of the best uh, first baseman all time, probably like second, maybe third, probably second uh, uh, best first baseman of all time. Like I think he's got a couple gold gloves too. Like the dude's just phenomenal. And, and you know, it's funny. Uh, my not even favorite, but just the thing I always will remember Albert Pujols for is. Uh, I don't know if people used to remember the Astros and Cardinals used to be in the national well, the Astros used to be in the national league. And um, one year in the playoffs, they were playing the Cardinals and almost about to win a game and they had their closer in and pull Holse hit a home run so far. I don't think it's landed yet. I think it just left the planet. Like it just left earth. And that's the always thing. In orbit. I'll remember. Yeah. It's just in orbit. That's the only thing I'll always remember. Pull is just crushing that ball in houston the crowd just going silent and he knew it was gone like i mean everybody knew it was gone because that thing was loud so i'll always remember that about pool is is crushing that baseball
0: yeah you said it's definitely it's not your favorite it definitely i'm assuming it would not be your favorite because it happened to your boys but yeah i mean it's the not, guy was but it's a
1: lasting memory like you just can't get that yeah definitely
0: <laughs> yeah for sure so all right well okay baseball riders, it sounds like you're gonna do the right thing but let's make sure we do the right thing we get Albert Pujols the first time around into the Hall of Fame okay so we talked a little bit earlier about uh, Joe Ingles giving Paul George buckets and that was very surprising right we, like when we went to all that match up we didn't think that was gonna happen and that happened game at game in and game out so want to bring it home a little bit something a little bit more personal something a little bit more relatable to the fans out there um and i want to start doing this every week um where we ask a question some sort of athlete related question whether it's probably a lot of hooper stuff because i played more basketball than anything else um and we're going to kind of take have our take on this as far as our own little high school careers and relive our glory days so um, well, this particular question is probably not going to be reliving anything as far as a glory day. But when you were in high school, whether this is football or basketball, because I know you 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 did both, was there a guy who you had a matchup with, and you thought you were going to dominate that matchup, and he just gave you buckets? If this is basketball, or if it's football, like you couldn't—I know you were a receiver, like you just couldn't get open, and he was just in your ear. Like, was there ever that matchup that you had? Where you unexpectedly just you got dominated when you thought you were gonna dominate.
1: Uh, yeah, so not many in football I can kind of remember just because you. It's kind of hard to you know. Said, guys. I'm too nice in football. No, nah, not even that. I just don't remember as many guys going up against different people. I just just remember going up against people and not really looking at opponents more or less like is my can my quarterback get the ball? It was never the opponent, so I guess yeah. that's a nice way of saying I am. Okay. Like it. but anyway. Basketball for sure, sure, because you're always going to end up going to the gym and thinking, seeing people and thinking you're like, oh, man, this dude looks like a bum. He looks kind of overweight, yada, yada, yada. So I feel like that happens to basketball more. And the time it happened to me is uh, we were, you know, going to school together, you know, at UAF and at the, you know, the SRC, the famous SRC up at UAF. And the first time playing against there. Yeah, the first time probably playing against CJ, Drexler. Drex, what up? And I seen him and you know, Drex knows what his body is. He he ain't overweight. He <laughs> like he not a big dude. So I'm not trying to say he's that, but he looks kind of slow and unathletic. So I was like, oh, yeah, I got this yeah. guy. I got, me, sometimes playing pickup, I don't like to play defense. I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to shoot. I'm not really trying to guard nobody. So <laughs> I was like, oh, let me guard this dude. He he looks kind of innocent. He looks like he might just be chilling. <laughs> nope. CJ came out there to get <laughs> buckets also. <laughs> and CJ was giving me buckets. <laughs> and I was like, what the? Yeah, I, mean- I was like, I thought he was going to chill. This dude's out here running around shooting three. <laughs> I was trying to chill. Like, what is this? <laughs>
0: Yeah, man, CJ can do it to you. I've, I've played with CJ since I was in junior high because he was in Fair, Big Bad Fairbanks and I was out at the Air Force Base. So I heard a lot about CJ before I ever played him, so I came in that game ready. Like, I was, like it was the opposite for me with CJ because I was like... Nah, this dude ain't gonna do this to me because I'd heard his name all over the place. He might have did it to me, but it wasn't unexpected. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and, yeah, you know anyway.
1: and you know what's funny is I, you know, I we both had played. You know, me, you, him, all played basketball in Alaska high school, and I had heard of him, but I think when the first time we played, I don't think I knew his name. So like, I didn't like. If I'd have known that yeah. that was him, I would have. Yeah, I would have tried, but I didn't know that was him. So, I didn't know what I was
0: expecting. You didn't I didn't know
1: what, know that what
0: was dude. coming to me. No. Yeah, CJ and I have had a lot of, a lot of battles. So, uh, he's gotten me a few times. He definitely gave me buckets. But I expected all those buckets. Because in Fairbanks, he was, he was that dude. Especially in junior high. Like His name was all over the place. And I was just like, nah, it ain't going to be me. But it, it was me too. Um, so, my unexpected one, uh, it was this kid named Tyson. I can't think of his last name. It was... He went to Cordova. For those of you that don't know, Cordova's a... I think it's an island down in southeast Alaska. Um, Small place, but they love their hoops. So, they came up to us in Ileson. Right? And I don't know anything about Cordova or, like, the people there. Because, I mean, that's just... It ain't like there's a hop skip and a jump. It's a little ways away. So, I think this was my... I want to say... It was either my sophomore or my junior year. So... We're, we come up, we're playing them. Uh, my guy Tyson's lined up against me, and he's got the short shorts on, right? This is I know right now in in today's day and age, the kids are rolling up their shorts and they they kind of want them shorts to show that show that work in the gym with their legs. In my day in high school, short shorts were not a thing. Like we wanted the baggy short ever. So I saw somebody with short shorts, I automatically was just like, nah, he 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 ain't built for this. He also, no disrespect look kind of like a geeky nerdy kid look <laughs> like he's playing just maybe his dad forced him to play or something like that and he just he's just doing he just loved his parents so he's trying to live out their dreams for them and so i'm thinking to myself hey like i'm going i'm going for 20 tonight like this ain't no ain't no way this kid is t-. man when i tell you that boy tyson could hoop man and it was like straight out of like a like a fundamentals camp like everything was so polished everything was so the way it was supposed to look my man had to give me like twenty five that night, so, so we like with Cordova because they're so far away. We played them twice, so we played them back to back. We played them one day and we played them the next day. So the next day I'm like, all right, that was that was a fluke. So, we go guard them again, and my man gave me buckets again like two days in a row, and I was so salty. What makes this worse about Tyson? giving me buckets two days in a row is that he is the nicest man you will ever meet in your entire life i'm assuming he's the same way now as he was then so don't get me wrong i mean i I got mine too but he we ended up winning the game but i think he went for like 22 the first night and then like 24 the next night right and this is high school basketball so that's buckets that's like 30 that's like a 30 piece twice in a row so we won the game so nobody clown me too much but we all saw what happened, right? So So I'm kind of licking my wounds a little bit. I'm ready to get back to practice on Monday. And so I go to my locker to get ready for practice, and I see something on the top of my locker. My man Tyson bought me candy, put it in my locker. I don't know how he found out what my locker is. And then wrote me a note saying how much fun it was to play against me. And that he can't wait till next year to play again. I was, I didn't know how to feel, bro. Like, I really didn't. <laughs> like, <if> I,
1: <laughs> I, I, I
0: was all in my feelings. And they were like, my buddy Chad was like, not only did he give you buckets, we didn't use that term back then, but not only did he give you buckets, then he wrote you a note <laughs> talking about he can't wait till next year to give you buckets again.
1: <laughs> I just started thinking think about it that so way. Salty. I was like, damn, I was my so can't wait to salty. come back.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> How nice the dude was, I know he ain't mean it that way, because that's just who he was, but, like, that's how I took it. Hey, I'll tell you right now, though, that day in practice, I locked everybody up that day in practice. I was salty.
1: So that's, that's
0: my story. dude gave me – he didn't just give it to me once. He gave it to me two days in a row. Did he at least
1: so. leave you good that was candy? my man,
0: Tyson. Oh, he was – I ate it. Don't get me wrong. I ate candy. like, <laughs> I was like was at least
1: some leave good you stuff. Some good candy?
0: But I don't even know how he knew which one was my locker. Like – I don't like we don't have names on it. Like I don't know how he knew. My man left me a note and some candy talking about a good game after he gave me bugs two days in a row. So that's that's my story. Uh we end up having some battles, like I said, I think it was my sophomore year. We ended up having some battles over the years. I got I just like CJ, I gave him some, he gave me some, but man, that was an embarrassing weekend for me. I didn't I did not know it was gonna go down like that, so Story. A moral for your kids: Never underestimate your opponents. Everybody can give you buckets on any given night. So you gotta, you gotta stay strapped up, stay locked up, or you're gonna have your own little Tyson story here in about 10, 15 years. So that's all we have for the show. I know we had hinted at a at a, a guest appearance. We're still looking to have that, but you know, when you're old like us, life happens. We get some some circumstances coming up. So still be on the lookout for that interview. Still gonna be doing big things. Uh, Happy Mother's Day for all the mothers out there listening. Uh, for all the dads or men in general, make sure you take care of your ladies in your life. And you guys have a wonderful week, and we'll holler at y'all next week. Thanks for listening to the Media Timeout Podcast. Mahomes looking to flip, takes it in for the touchdown. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at MTO Sports and visit our website, Mediatimeoutsports.com, for more content.